The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Hats and Finder. This is Patrick Bexel in Europe. Obviously, we're going to talk about the World Junior Actually, it's not World Junior Championship, it's the World Championships. And I'm joined by Matt Drake of Bottom Six Minutes fame. I am like at a loss for, for, for the support we have here. And uh, we're going to talk, obviously, the Montreal Canadiens players, but we're also going to talk about the um, draft situation because four of really good players are in this tournament. And we're looking to them to see what we can learn from, learn of them and, and what we can expect from them coming up. And if there is a, anyone that will challenge for the number one spot, spoiler alert, it's not. Thank you for joining us, Matt. Well, thanks for having me, as always. Uh, looking at it, it's been a kind of a productive um, start for the... Uh, for the uh, Canadian pro- uh, players in, in this year's World Championships. Jordan Harris, obviously not in the ro- on the roster yet, but Josh Anderson, man of the match, a goal if I, and, and an assist, if I remember correctly, today. Uh, Joel Armia, a goal for Finland the other day. Sean Farrell, assisted, and, and some great work along the boards to steal the puck and set up the game winner for, for USA against... Um, Austria, a little bit of an upset in overtime or, or taking that game into overtime. And Frederick Tichel hasn't played, but we're expecting him to play down the line. Your take on this? I mean, Anderson in particular, impressive start for him at the World Championships. I wasn't sure. I mean, definitely you, you think with his speed uh, coming onto a roster with uh, you know an international team, uh, or an international competition with, you know, the best that Canada has that, that aren't currently in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Anyways, I, I wasn't too sure, but seeing what he's done so far, it's super impressive. Um, definitely Sean Farrell stands out for me. I think we saw what he did at the Olympics. Um, and he's a guy that I think a lot of people felt like he was the steal of that draft for us. And he's, he's showing it constantly. The, the fact that USA hockey is bringing him to these tournaments at the age that he is. It speaks volumes of how much confidence they have in his game. And then for him to be setting up, like, uh, we were talking about it before the podcast, right? The fact that he played 11 minutes and he's getting time in overtime as well. They really believe in him at USA Hockey. So us as Habs fans, I think we should be excited about, you know, the prospect of him maybe coming, uh, making the jump to the NHL in the next couple of years. Yeah, and and I mean, like, uh, we expected Sean Farrell to be good, obviously, because Cole Caulfield said it. But uh, also, yeah. we're, we're thinking about it. And, and I didn't expect him to, if you go back and check this overtime goal for USA, uh, he works hard. It's, it's a stupid play from, from the Austrian guy, <laughs> uh, defender. He should just tip it down in the corner and go to change. But he's been on the ice for about a minute. Uh, he wants to finish this game and wants to be the, the overtime hero. And in the end, he loses the puck to Sean Farrell, who puts it up the ice and the American guy just 
alone with goalkeeper, yeah. no problem. You know, he... great little deke uh, over the pad between the pad and the and the uh, glove. Great finish. Um, tough, obviously for for Austria. Still got a point. And uh, but Sean Farrell, yeah, great work. Great. He runs. He, he. I didn't want to cut you off there, but like I have it open right now, and he runs a sneaky, not interference because he doesn't touch the guy. But the Austrian player is like trying to get back uh, and he one hands it up to Luke Hughes to give him the breakaway. And then Farrell kind of cuts towards the middle across the Austrian player. So forces him to jump around a little bit. So it's a sneaky, like smart body positioning there because he's not interfering with him at all. He didn't. He doesn't he's, touch ahead him, of, he's, but... he's head of the player as well. So he can't really yeah. interfere because he's ahead. Yeah, but it's it's just it's a smart line to take yeah. there because it gives Luke Hughes a little extra step. And I think Luke Hughes has gone there no matter what. But you, like you said, it's it's a smart, it's a hard work play, right? He's he goes over there, uh, smart positioning, good stick, uh, gets the puck, moves it up, and sends Luke Hughes. And then with that quick little cut over to the middle, he makes it harder for the Austrian player to even think about getting back on Luke Hughes. So it's it's impressive what he's doing at that age. And I, I've watched some of his games. Uh, for Harbor as well this season. He does stuff like that a lot, just with really smart body positioning. Um, Again, another player where a lot of people, you'll see them on Twitter and stuff saying, oh, he's undersized. He's not that small, and he uses his size to his advantage, like really smart positioning. Um, And yeah, like I said, I'm excited to see him make the jump in a couple of years. I think he's going to be a productive player for the Habs. Maybe not you know, a 90, 100 point guy, but definitely a guy that could play up in maybe your top six, your middle six and be a contributor. Indeed. And and, and getting that contributing factor, obviously the play you, you describe it as well. It's, it's a hockey IQ play. It's, it's, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. He's smart. He's using his body. He's using his touch. He's using everything very, very smartly. And then that is what give, I mean, like if you have that determination and, and the determination to study at Harvard, you're going to be successful no matter yeah. what. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, going back to one of the guys I followed over the season is, is obviously Frederick Tichau. Um, I don't expect him to get many games. Um, Ramos, uh, the, the standout goalie in Denmark, and, and will be continue to be that. He's deserved his spot, his first choice spot. But Tichau is the second. He will get the chance to play. And, and leading into the tournament, he was really, really good in a couple of games. Uh, one game st- stood out... Um, against Sweden, where, where Sweden had trouble and, and it went over time and it was all thanks to Tichau in the, in the second uh, or in the third period. Fantastic. Big, strong eye still. If you, if you look at him uh, because when he gets the chance to play, I think his rebound control is what he needs to work on. Uh, very athletic. He, he has this thing where he... Normally, a goalie stands up with both uh, on both skates at the same time. He pushes off a little bit to the side to give him a little bit more acceleration and get up that way. So he has uh, his own technique in getting up from, from the butterfly position compared to what many other goalies has. And it's part because he is so big, but he's worked on it. He's set it up perfectly. And, and that is what he's, he's really strong at this athleticism. And he's also strong in directing his, his defense where, where he needs to improve and where I hope he improves because he's obviously signed with Perlunda next year. Um, mm-hmm. And it's official. So, um, is the rebound is he, control? Is he projected like uh, according? Like, what, what do you think? Is he going to be the starter for Ferlanda next no, year? Or there is no, no? chance because Ferlanda got the probably one of the best goalies in Europe back, and uh, okay. 
and uh, but it's a great goalie to learn from. Yeah, and and, they, and uh, Disha you know, will get about twenty five games next year in different competitions. We we like the Furlanda program here in Montreal. They've they've done well for us before. Remember our our dearly departed Arturi Lekkinen. Oh, well, we miss him dearly. It it and, seems uh, like um, Detroit Red Wings is liking Furlanda even more. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey, the- if if they can give him some uh, like. Because he played what? I'm looking at his stats. One game in the SHL. Last yeah, it was, year, it, was it was it was it was a two minute game. Oh, it was two minutes. Okay. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I obviously obviously I didn't see it, but looking at the All Svenskan numbers, uh, 9.30 save percentage. Yeah, he's great. Nothing to sneeze at. Um, I mean, like he held. Look at the Olympics. Uh, he held uh, Denmark to a one goal deficit against Russia. Yeah, which. No easy task, especially at the Olympics when Russia has, uh, especially this year with the NHL not going, they had probably the. I, I think nobody would argue they had the strongest roster. Yeah, probably, uh, and it was obviously before the Ukraine war, so they were allowed to participate as well. Yeah. Um, but but uh, looking at someone, and and this is my pick to actually win the tournament to uh, is Joel Armia. I think Finland at home with the coaching staff with mm-hmm. it, with the um with the game they're having this year uh, olympic gold already they are the team to beat and and Yul armia will fit right into that uh, not on the top line obviously but he's going to he's going to get the chances he's going to get and be able to play and playing in front of a fanatic home crowd going to be brilliant yeah i think he needs a confidence booster too um he was kind of a, a whipping boy for a lot of people in montreal this season um, he's got what two points in two games already. So I mean, this this would be a good boost of confidence for him, especially if, if Finland can come out and win that at home. I think he needs something like that in his career at this point because I don't know what the future holds for the Habs. Uh, but he's obviously under contract, and a lot of people feel like that contract is a little bit overpaid. Let's say. I think he needs that, and maybe getting that boost of confidence, getting a win on home ice for his for his country. It helps him to come back with uh, a little bit more fire next year. He also missed games this year a little bit. So I think getting some additional games uh, towards the end here is better for him. I, I hope that it, it just provides a boost of confidence, gets him a little bit more fire going in the next season. Yeah, and I think it maybe most of all, it it's makes it fun for him to play hockey again. Yeah. I think that's, that's where it comes down to, a confidence boost, making it fun. And, and if he, I mean, even if you get a medal, and I'm sure Finland will be disappointed with another color than gold. Um, I, I still think, you know, it's going to benefit him longer, long-term and long. I mean, it also, if he makes a good tournament, it might be easier to trade that contract if you want to get rid of it. Yeah, maybe there's a, there's a lot of eyes on this, uh, on this tournament, right? Because there's some prospects that are there as well. So if you don't think those NHL teams are also having a look at some of those NHL players, you're, you're wrong. Of course, if he has a great tournament, could give you an opportunity there if you're looking to move him. Um, before we go into the prospects, obviously we we have to give a shout out to to some former Habs when we when we were through the rosters. Alex Galchenyuk, uh, David Sklenitska, obviously, and Max Freiberg, and let's not forget Tim Bozon in in yeah. France. <laughs> That's a great name. Come, I mean, like I think you and I argued about him when I started writing for Eyes on the Price. We may have. He was. I. 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 I liked him, and then I didn't like him, and then I liked him again, and then it, it didn't work out. 
but uh, good, good to see him getting an opportunity playing a little bit of international uh, there. And obviously he's playing in Lausanne. He's earning his dough in, in, in the Swiss league. So he's, he's making a, a decent dough. Let's leave it at that. Uh, but looking, as, as you mentioned as well, Matt, um, the draft is coming up. Obviously Montreal has the first overall pick. Um, I don't think, and I'm not a huge Shane Wright fan, but, but I'm saying there is no doubt that he's going first overall. Um, and he seems happy to join the Montreal Canadiens as well. One of the problems with, with Shane Wright is, is probably what I see is he can't go to the AHL. And, and I would love to see that for him. I think that would have been a great step for him in, in, in this way. Uh, but there are one name that is being tossed around, and, and I'm not thinking anyone is really serious about Uri Slavkovsky upsetting Shane Wright, but Uri Slavkovsky has had a great season as well. Yeah, and he's the one guy I think that people are thinking could sneak into that conversation of if the Habs don't pick Shane Wright, who would they take? I'm with you. I think Shane Wright's going 100% uh, at number one overall to the Montreal Canadiens. I am actually a pretty big fan of his. I watched a lot of his games this season. Uh, I was watching him yesterday, and his team happened to just get eliminated from the OHL playoffs. So one of the things we've been wondering, and we were talking about with Jared uh, yesterday after he got eliminated, would Canada bring him over? And I think I U.S. Think would, would be... have bring, brought him over, but I don't think Canada will. You think the U.S. will bring him over? No, but I'm saying like a, a player like that, the U.S. team, they are oh, prone okay. to take in youngers, whereas Canada would go for more experienced players. And obviously there was another, um, you know, Leaf team that uh, that went out yesterday yeah. and might, <laughs> might have some interesting names. And uh, I don't think Matthews has that uh, gold medal yet, right? No, and maybe he wants to go get that because he's not getting a cup. But look, it's it's just an interesting question: is would Canada maybe bring him over and give him a shot there? I, I'm with you. I think Canada's roster is pretty stacked. I think they probably like the team that they have, and I'm not sure if they want to bring over a kid uh, to come over and help them out. I just thought it would be interesting because one of the things we had talked about is. Uh, uh, Nathan was saying in the eyes in the prize chat, you can't bring up right next year and have him with Anderson as a winger. And I was like, well, there you go. Anderson's there right now. Maybe you put a little bit of pressure on hockey Canada and say, we want you to bring Shane right up and just, just let him play on like a third line with Josh Anderson. Let's see if he can do something there in this tournament. I don't know, but you know, the Montreal Canadians are definitely there. They're definitely taking a look at your Slavkovsky, uh, and they'd be, they'd be foolish not to. Right. And I just think it would be interesting if they also had an opportunity to see what Shane Wright could do at that tournament. It's obviously you don't stake your entire draft pick on what happens at one international tournament where players are playing with guys that they don't always play with, but it's a good opportunity for you to see what can they do and what can't they do. Yeah. And, and obviously Shane, uh, um, Uri Slavkovsky hasn't really impressed in Liga where he's been surrounded by non as talented players, but on the other hand, he's, he's been super impressive when it comes to international tournaments uh, this year and and obviously MVP top goal scorer and uh, all star in the Olympics and coming away with what, what Slovakia probably feels is a goal but a bronze medal. Uh, I don't want to mention who said Slovakia would take bronze in that tournament before it started, but uh, you know you might be listening to him every now and then. Um, on that team is also someone that is challenging for a top five spot in in the draft and that's uh, Simon Nemitz. And the interesting thing is, 
he's not even the best defender from Central Europe in this year's draft. Because that he plays with uh, <laughs> with uh, Czechia, who's going to go on the ice in about 15 minutes and play mm-hmm. Sweden. But that's uh, David Jerisek. So there are these top kind of players in the draft that's already there. And as you mentioned, it would be great to see Shane Wright, obviously. But on the other hand, it would also be very, very interesting to to see these players. And, and I'm thinking, you know, having right Slavkovsky debate, well, it's, it's entertaining. But I also think it, it comes down to, you know, one is a center, one is a winger. And then it's also the fact that it, it's the Matthews line uh, comparison once more. Yeah. And Matthews and, was playing in NLA, which is a pro league. Yeah. And a, again, I think, I, I don't know if drafting Slavkovsky over Wright would have been, or w- would be as big of a mistake as drafting line a over Matthews would have been. Obviously, you know, in hindsight, if you went back and you chose line a over Matthews, you'd be crying yourself to, to sleep at night at this point. Not to say line a is a bad player. He's a great player, but obviously Austin Matthews, different level, right? Now, I don't know if it would be as big of a mistake to do that same thing here and to say, all right, we're going to take your eyes Slavkovsky. However, I think the conversation should be less about would I take Slavkovsky over right, but more about would I be willing to trade down with somebody who really wants Shane Wright because I prefer your Slavkovsky. I don't think you go off the board and take him there. I think you talk to other teams and if they really want Wright and you really want Slavkovsky, okay, let's make a deal. We pick up some future assets or maybe a, a later pick in the, in the draft as well. We still get Slavkovsky if they really like him, if that's the guy that they want to have. Uh, but at the same time, you don't just use the first overall pick on him when you could get him at two or three. I, I think he's going to go two. You think he's going two? You think Cooley yeah. goes three? And no, because he he I think Slavkowski goes two because that is what New York New Jersey needs. Right. And and he can probably play pro next year as well. Uh or play, he already plays pro, but I think he can yeah. play in the NHL. Uh I think if you trade down, you're looking at Nemets or Yurisek and probably Yurisek. So so there is that. Um but yeah, these are these are the players you should look at when you're looking at the world championships and obviously for you guys you're going to have it on in the mornings for so you're going to steal some time at work when you're watching hockey instead from finland um great to have you here matt thank you guys for listening we'll do a follow-up in a couple of days time and and see what we think about and what we've learned from partly the canadian players but also the draft prospects coming up Uh, you also have some interesting ideas and and what's coming next on, on your end for the podcast matt yeah, um, probably going to have another pod coming out in the next couple of days, if not tonight, uh, doing a little update on the QMJHL prospects because the Habs have four prospects that are in action today in the league. Uh, they've all moved on to the second round, so the second round is just starting. And uh, there's a couple of guys in there that are, that are having really, really good playoffs as well. Uh, so exciting things coming up for Montreal prospects. There you have it. Listen to, to Matt and uh, be sure to subscribe to this pod to not miss one episode at all. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>